According to the U.S. Census Bureau, a new migrant enters this country every 30 seconds. What, if anything, should we do about it? And we'll talk about the impact of the homeschooling community on presidential politics, specifically the Huckabee campaign. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian Worldview for Christ and Culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is Penna Dexter. We are in uh, contact with uh, people in Pakistan, all of the parties, uh, but obviously it's just very important that the democratic process go forward. Condoleezza Rice, Secretary of State, uh, she says it's in our best interest, Pakistan's best interest, that Pakistan's elections that uh, are scheduled to take place in January, as uh, that they go forward as planned. Uh, she says that is very important. That's what she expects and hopes will happen. Uh, Condi Rice saying that Benazir Bhutto, who was killed yesterday, funeral was today, was a brave leader. She was a champion for democracy. She was a courageous woman. In my conversations with her, her commitment and her dedication came through very clearly, and uh, most especially her love for her people and for her country. She was buried today. Of course, she was buried where her father and two brothers uh, before her were buried, and uh, she did face corruption charges during her two terms as prime minister. She was exiled. She came back under an amnesty agreement, and uh, there are some questions on how she was killed and also many more questions on what will be worldwide U.S. and especially the reaction of the terrorists in that country of Pakistan, of course, a nuclear nation. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And I hope that you're having a good week after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's, kind of downtime for some people, but not for international affairs and certainly not for politicking because the Iowa caucuses will be taking place next week. As a matter of fact, the front runner on the Republican side, Mike Huckabee, campaigning in Iowa, speaking to reporters at an Iowa pizza parlor, and talking about these events in Pakistan, he says they are a signal to the world. It reminds us the instability of that part of the world. We don't have to look that far to see instability in our own world, whether it's a shopping mall in Omaha just a few weeks ago. This is a dangerous and a violent place sometimes. It's fun to listen to him, but a lot of people are saying that uh, he's the one of the Republicans, at least the front runners, that doesn't get a Bhutto bump. Uh, it doesn't really play up his national security credentials, and it does others. We'll talk about that a little bit later. As a matter of fact, who do you think got the bump from uh, what happened in Pakistan? 
who are you looking at now when you think of national security or someone who could be commander-in-chief of this country? Give us a call, 800-881-9270. We are going to talk more also about Mike Huckabee in Iowa. And uh, it's very interesting when you look back to the month of August when he was way back there in the polls. He came in second in the Iowa straw poll. And uh, I read a piece in the Washington Post a while back that said there was a surprising network that actually helped him get there. And we're going to talk with Mike Ferris, who's a homeschooling leader, about that a little bit later in the program and uh, see what he thinks are Huckabee's chances to win in Iowa. Also, there's some news out. The U.S. Census says that uh, net international migration adds one person every 30 seconds. Every 13 seconds, one person is added uh, in the United States question is, how many of those are legal? We're going to ask our friend Mike Cutler from the Center for Immigration Studies. And again, we are taking your calls on who gets the Budo bump, which Republican candidate, which Democrat candidate gets it. And uh, the number again is 800-881-9270. Also, uh, with regard to Mike Huckabee, there's another story in the news about his muzzle control problem. People are saying, well, if he's such a hunter, why doesn't he know the etiquette? Apparently, uh, he took his presidential campaign for a quick pheasant hunting expedition in Iowa on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, at one point, a reporter actually asked him why he hadn't invited uh, Dick Cheney along, too. And he said, because I want to survive all the way through this, sort of chuckling and making a joke at the vice president's expense. But he had his own Cheney-esque moment, uh, and the press has been all over it, of course. Maybe he went to the Dick Cheney gun school, says uh, Larry Williams, uh, our executive producer, But uh, what happened was at one point, his hunting party turned toward a cluster of reporters and cameramen, and when they kicked up a pheasant, uh, these guys, uh, Huckabee and his group, fired blasts right over the group's heads. Now, I'm not a hunter, but uh, this apparently is dangerously bad hunting form, and a lot of people are talking about it today. If you have a comment on that, give us a call, 800-881-9270. We are taking your calls. I want to mention one more thing, actually to ask for your prayers. For my friend, Kathy Adams, who is a frequent guest on this program. Kathy Adams is president of Texas Eagle Forum. She is a uh, an activist in Texas, longtime uh, self-sacrificial person and really a good friend of mine. She was in a terrible car accident on Friday night. As a matter of fact, she was badly injured, and it involved a drunken driver. She was driving uh, to Galveston with her husband. He was driving, and uh, a car driven by a drunken driver, they're pretty sure, uh, was uh, speeding at about 114 miles an hour, being chased by a policeman. Uh, and uh, Kathy and Homer slammed into, um, they ended up having, I guess, to try to avoid that. Uh, the car slammed into the passenger side of their car, the Adams car, shoved them into the median. Uh, they had to basically avoid hitting a bridge abutment and ended up plunging into a concrete draining drainage ditch 25 feet. The force knocked the engine from the car, and uh, Homer was bruised a bit, but Kathy has a crushed vertebrae and a broken rib, and she had surgery to relieve the pressure on that yesterday. They're saying that uh, her prognosis, actually, she's she's going to do well. Um, the doctors are saying they feel the surgery was a success. Governor Rick Perry said our thoughts and prayers are with her and her family. And uh, I just encourage you to pray for her because she's one person that makes a real difference in Texas. And uh, I know that she's in my prayers several times a day. We're going to continue to do that. Well, let's go now to the phones. 
Brenda is in Fort Worth. Uh, Brenda, thanks for calling. Thank you, Penna. I just wanted to um, register a complaint. <laughs> I find it very offensive to use um, the term Budo bump in relation to U.S. politics. Um, I think that I just it went all over me when I heard you say that, and I'm sure the terminology comes through a lot of what's going on, but, but I think that a Christian radio station ought to be more sensitive to the death of a world leader and not use that terminology in, in relation to our politics. And I don't, I don't know who it's going to help or not help. I just don't like the term, and I just wanted to say that. Thank you for the criticism, uh, constructive criticism. It's been uh, used by some certain news reports. People are asking the question, and uh, we won't use the term uh, if it's offensive. But we do want to ask the question, uh, does this cause you to think about the candidates in a different way? Uh, we've been discussing domestic politics a lot lately, and now our attention is focused on the war on Islamofascism, uh, the fact that uh, Pakistan is unstable and they have nuclear weapons. Uh, some folks are saying there are 30 nukes in that country, and uh, the number goes as high as 90. So this is a serious issue, and uh, as we're making a serious decision about presidential candidates, who we support, does this play into your decision? And I think uh, it is very important to uh, think about that, uh, to let this weigh in as we begin to think about who we are going to support. Well, the surgeon, as a matter of fact, there are three causes of death uh, right now being reported uh, for Benazir Bhutto, and they really haven't landed on one, uh, which is kind of interesting. Within 36 hours, uh, different people are speculating. But the surgeon who operated on her, trying to save her, said she suffered uh, suffered a large wound in the attack. It was a big wound that usually occurs when something big with a lot of speed hits that area. Okay, others are saying something uh, different. Uh, but this doctor says that she may have also suffered a heart attack. She was not breathing. She did not have a pulse. And her pupil, they were dilated, and they were not responding to light. To light, these are the signs of serious that a person has had a cardiopulmonary arrest. Now, I don't know why her surgeon would say something that was untrue, but there are other news reports saying that she did not die of the gunshot wounds. As a matter of fact, that she dodged them, and they did not hit her. And she was trying to duck back into her car. She had been uh, waving at the crowd through the sunroof. And uh, as she did, she came and uh, basically hit her head because of the impact of the blast. She hit very hard on uh, something that was sticking out there that was sort of a handle uh, with regard to the sunroof, and that's what killed her. So a Pakistan Interior Ministry spokesman is saying that. His name is Javed Iqbal Chima, and he says Ms. Bhutto died when her head hit the vehicle not from shrapnel or bullet wounds. So let there be no doubt in anybody's mind, and I say with all the emphasis at my command, that neither any bullet hit her, nor any pallet hit her, nor any uh, splinter hit her. So that apparently is the party line, the government line. I really don't know why it's any different from the doctor's line. Maybe you have a thought on that. But uh, the same Pakistan Interior Ministry spokesman explaining that Buddha was killed after hitting this lever on the sunroof. She was riding in the car, and this was after the detonation of the suicide bomber's device. So our initial investigations so far all indicate that, unfortunately, that uh, this tragedy took place because, you know, that she uh, struck with that force with a lever of her vehicle, which caused, caused her death. 
Ladies and gentlemen, um, whether or not you like the terminology that was used, uh, we do want to know what you think about what this does to our presidential race. Now, Rudy Giuliani seems to think this is a good opportunity for him to bring back the specter of 9-11 and the idea that he would be the best candidate on the Republican ticket to lead this country in uh, world affairs, in the war on terror, and uh, he is actually running a new ad campaign invoking 9-11. Here's a report. The former New York mayor's emphasis on the attacks is a strategy shift. Giuliani's looking at likely losses both here in Iowa next week and in New Hampshire and has been focusing on bigger states later on the primary calendar. A once commanding national lead has withered away, and analysts say Giuliani's trying to regain momentum by putting his strongest issue back in the mix. He's been criticized for focusing on 9 11, but Giuliani says while that day helps define him, it's not the only thing that defines him. Hillary Rodham Clinton has also used attack images in an ad. Sagar Megani, Des Moines, Iowa. And speaking of the Democrats, of course, uh, one Democrat who's also running has criticized Rudy Giuliani for trying to capitalize on 9 11. That's Joe Biden. Rudy Giuliani. I mean, think about it. Rudy Giuliani, there's, th- there's only three things he mentioned in the sentence a noun and a verb and 9 11. I mean, there's nothing else. There's nothing else. And uh, in reaction uh, to what happened to former Prime Minister Buto yesterday, of course, we have other candidates weighing in, including Mitt Romney. Uh, he was on Fox News, Hannity and Combs, and he was asked about his assessment of the situation in Pakistan. Well, we certainly want to see the progress towards democratization in Pakistan continue. It's, it's very much the, the hope of the people of this country that we'll see stability uh, return to Pakistan and that they will be able to proceed with, uh, with elections and have a democratically elected leadership. That's what we hope we'll see. Uh, obviously, things could unravel in some way, and we could have some period of, of tension and and, uh, and and disruption. But that's that's something which we don't want to see. A lot of people saying that Romney really did not react in a way that benefits him or makes us feel better about his uh, national security credentials. He said, basically, when asked, that he would convene advisors and that he would gather information. It kind of reminded you of a question during a debate when he said he'd call in the attorneys. Uh, But he did talk about the bigger picture with the whole Islamic world, and uh, he made a serious attempt to answer that question. Uh, John McCain uh, probably inspires the most confidence with regard to just his experience, but uh, he's wrong on so many other issues that uh, those who are conservative probably won't be moved to his side. Well, that's sort of the politics of uh, what happened to the Pakistani Prime Minister. Next up, we're going to talk about another serious campaign issue. That's illegal immigration. Mike Cutler will join us, so stay with us. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. 
Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. In light of what happened in Pakistan yesterday, it's interesting that there were more Pakistanis who illegally crossed the border than of any other nationality except for those immediately south of our border. 660 last year. That's Mike Huckabee, and uh, he is uh, coming off of the news of Benazir Bhutto's assassination, tying the U.S. illegal immigration problem to this assassination and saying that Pakistani illegal immigrants are actually the second largest group after those from south of the border. Coming across our border, that's a real issue, and with us to discuss it is Mike Cutler. He is Senior Fellow with the uh, Center for Immigration Studies. He has been an INS uh, agent. He's been a Border border Patrol. He's investigated uh, crimes perpetrated by illegals. He's done so much to help us get a sane policy with regard to illegal immigration. It's a huge election issue, and Mike, thanks for joining me. As always, it's delightful to join you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Now, what about Mike Huckabee's comment that uh, Pakistani immigrants coming across the border are a problem? Well, they are a problem. Look, the bottom line is this. We know that most of the people that come across our borders come simply looking for employment because they come from countries uh, that, frankly, don't offer the economic opportunities that they believe they can find in the United States. And those so-called economic refugees, of course, are not coming to a good life here in the United States. They're being exploited. It's not that they do the work Americans won't do. It's that they're willing to accept wages and working conditions that are unacceptable to Americans and resident aliens. But as we wage a war on terror, and as we are concerned about growing gang violence and the flood of narcotics coming across our borders, what we really need to understand is that there are a significant number of illegal aliens um, who, in fact, may be criminals, may be terrorists, We have no idea of their true intentions for coming here or their true background uh, because we don't know who they are without a scorecard. And, in fact, if they're here illegally, then we don't have a scorecard for them. So I I think it's an area of great concern because it does impact national security. I'm glad that uh, Mike Huckabee is addressing the issue. What concerns me about Mike, however, um, and I think he needs to clarify this, is he has in the past favored a... a, uh, a program of in-state tuition for illegal aliens who themselves, of course, the children of illegal aliens, by the way, who themselves are illegal aliens. So is this just a soundbite? Is it an, an illusion that he wants to do the right thing? Or is he really committed to not only securing our border, but creating an immigration system that has real integrity? Because almost every candidate wants to say that they're going to be tough on the issue. Uh, what I think we need to hear from all of the candidates are their concrete proposals of how they plan to address the issue. Mike Cutler is my guest. He spent 26 years as a special agent for the INS, 30 years with the INS. He's testified before Congress uh, many times on illegal immigration, and he knows uh, what he's speaking of. Mike um, Huckabee, Governor Huckabee, came out with a plan. And, uh, you know, you do have to give him the fact that he was a governor, and being a governor and a president are two different things. His plan is tough on the border, 
a governor has no control about our border with Mexico. Right. So, you know, do you do you think his plan is a good one? I mean, there's a touchback provision, which has made me nervous in the past. Right. I don't know if it's enforceable, but do you think his plan makes some sense? I think if you're here illegally, then you should not be able to benefit by having been here. I, you know, touchback, no, I... I think that if you're here illegally, you should be barred from any immigration benefit. I would establish a deadline whereby those people who are here illegally in the country need to leave the United States. I would give them, you know, let's say 90 days or 120 days and tell them that if you're caught after that deadline, you will be um, processed. And we will seek to remove you and you will be permanently barred from ever coming back into the United States or, or a 10-year bar. So you would, you would want to see down. everybody who's here illegally leave? Right. Uh, and leave on your own, because if you're caught, then you will prevent yourself from being eligible to ever become a resident of the United States. Uh, you know, one of the things that he did that bothered me, he told the uh, people in his state that he was going to come up with a proposal to have local law enforcement uh, under Section 287G of the Immigration Act uh, become deputized so they could enforce the immigration laws, which is a great thing. I favor that but that he never went forward with actually making it happen. He did the preliminary step without following through, claiming that he didn't have the time to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what his work schedule was. I'm sure he was busy as a governor, but this is a critical issue. Right now, 25% of the, of the criminal population in our jails are identified as being illegal aliens. He needed to follow through. You know, yeah, it certainly we, shows yeah. it wasn't a priority for him. Right. Well, you would think it should be a major priority for every governor of every state, and, in fact, look look what happened with the border fence. We were told that the fence would be built, and now, of course, when they passed the omnibus spending bill, Congress took the money out to build the fence. I'm not looking for illusions, because we've been given illusions by every politician in the world. We need the reality and the, the funding and the leadership to match the words, uh, or the, the, the needs need to match the words. When they say, that we're going to do this and we're going to do that, that's great. You've got a plan. What did you do to make it happen? Unfortunately... He never enacted the program where it became operational. Uh, so that's an area of great concern to me. If he was willing to follow through, that's great. But I think he needs to be made accountable to really explain why he never uh, finished the program so that his law enforcement officials in Arkansas could actually then work uh, with ICE in close coordination. So I, I hope he's you know serious this time. I hope they all are. This is a major issue. You know, illegal immigration impacts so many aspects of our country today. The economy, the environment, health care, education, national security, criminal justice. Everything is getting hammered by our country's inability and apparent unwillingness to secure the borders or create a secure system. And uh, we need to do something. I mean, look, look at the case of Nada Prouty. Uh, Ms. Prouty was a citizen or is a citizen of Lebanon, came to the United States as a student, overstayed her visa, committed marriage fraud, immigration benefit fraud, ultimately became a U.S. citizen, went on to become an FBI agent, and apparently used her position as a special agent with the FBI to spy on the FBI for Hezbollah, which causes a violent yeah. terrorist organization, and she's not alone in this. So where the is she now? Has she been arrested? Mike, has she been arrested? She's been arrested. She's pleaded guilty to immigration benefit fraud. Uh, but what's disturbing is that she used her position at the FBI and then at the CIA because she had a high security clearance to access the computers to wow. determine where America stood on the investigations of Hezbollah. And I actually read that she may have gotten into the informant files to identify informants working with the FBI, CIA, and other intelligence agencies. Uh, this woman was a spy. 
Uh, and there's been others. There was a translator who was working for a private contractor in Iraq at a military base on the counterinsurgency program and then used that position to spy on our military when USCIS, United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, was contacted to explain how they could have naturalized this guy. The answer was, well, you know what? We realize you made a mistake. We're not really sure what his true name was. It's pretty scary. Uh, Mike, I want to ask you a question before we come to the break. I've got one more to ask you, and this is important, and it has to do with the Census Bureau stats that came out that show uh, the increase that will take place of migrants uh, from January 1st, 2007 to January 1st, 2008, 0.9%, and uh, one person every 30 seconds, apparently, an increase in uh, the total U.S. population of one person every 13 seconds. How many of these are legal? Uh, I'm not sure how many are illegal, but what does it tell you about the fact that our country still does not control the borders? And by the way, what I find disturbing is that the Census Bureau counts the illegal aliens as they would a U.S. citizen or a resident alien. And what disturbs me about that is that the purpose of the census, by our laws, is, is, is that it, it, uh, it deals with the issue of apportionment of the, of the congressional seats in the House of Representatives. So, in effect, illegal aliens are getting congressional representation. That started with Jimmy Carter, where he said that we weren't supposed to go out and look to arrest illegal aliens while the census was being done, because he didn't want them to go into hiding. Well, that meant that if we were counting them, that we are then apportioning seats in the House of Representatives to provide representation to people who shouldn't be here in the first place. How crazy is that? Well, it also means that the states with the most lax immigration enforcement are are actually being rewarded for that by getting more members of Congress. Right. They will get greater representation. They will get better money. They'll get funding. And they'll have more seats in the House of Representatives. Uh, Doesn't it seem counterintuitive to you? Because it Mm -hmm. sure seems counterintuitive to me. Michael, I don't know if you want to tell me who you're supporting for president. I know that you're a registered Democrat, but, you know, can you just give me at least two or three candidates that have the best plan on uh, dealing with the illegal immigration problem? Well, I think Mitt Romney is trying to do the right thing. Again, I I want to see some real concrete proposals. If Mike Huckabee follows through, then certainly he's somebody that we would need to, to consider. I think Duncan Hunter has been the clearest on the immigration issue. Uh, since Tom Tancredo dropped out, I would say Duncan Hunter seems to be strongest on the immigration issue. Unfortunately, I don't see either Hillary Clinton or, 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 or Obama uh, as offering what we really need where immigration is concerned. So even though I'm a Democrat, quite frankly, I don't know that I could possibly support their campaign. But we have to see how things will play out uh, as time progresses. But really, folks, we the people need to be heard. When hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens took to the streets demanding that they, they be given legalization and so forth, saying, yes, we can, see, say, Plata, and almost no Americans opposed them, we were telling the politicians that they could count on getting votes from the wrong side of this argument. Uh, and the politicians' first job, of course, is to get elected. So we, the people, have to do more to make certain that our voices are heard. We need to make that our New Year's resolution this year. Well, speaking of that, Happy New Year, Mike. Thank you <clears throat> so much for joining us. I think we're losing you, but I think he's in an airport, uh, but that was Mike Cutler, and it's good that we got a little bit of the benefit of his wisdom. He's a hard worker on this issue, and uh, it looks like we still got a little digging to do to find out where everybody stands and what everybody's going to do on immigration. Well, remember last summer when uh, presidential candidate Mike Huckabee surprised everybody and came in second in the Iowa straw poll? Back then, he had no money, and... Uh, 
Now he's favored to win the Republican Iowa caucus next week. What you probably did not know is that the network of homeschoolers that was there in Iowa really helped him win. And we're going to talk about that and uh, how they're going to influence the caucuses next week with Mike Ferris of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. So stay with us. Listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. It reminds us the instability of that part of the world. We don't have to look that far to see instability in our own world, whether it's a shopping mall in Omaha just a few weeks ago. This is a dangerous and a violent place sometimes. Republican presidential candidate Mike Huckabee weighing in on the assassination of Benazir Bhutto. And I found this article in the Washington Post. I've been saving it. It's dated uh, December 17th out of Eldora, Iowa. And it says, Julie Rowe, an early believer in Mike Huckabee, worked with what she had, with no buttons, no yard signs, and no glossy literature from his nearly invisible Iowa campaign. She took a pair of scissors and cut out a photograph of the former Arkansas governor. She pasted it on a piece of paper, scribbled down some of his positions, made copies, and launched the Huckabee for President campaign in rural Hardin County. Roe contacted friends in her homeschooling network and bought a newspaper advertisement for $38. She spread the word in the grocery store and the church foyer. I would tell them about Mike Huckabee, and they would say, Who's Mike Huckleberry? Mike Huckabee went on to come in second in the Iowa straw poll. Last August, he's favored to win Uh, the Republican Iowa caucus next week, and uh, the role of homeschoolers was part of this. I had no idea. So with us to talk about it is uh, Mike Ferris, and Mike, of course, is president, actually chancellor, of Patrick Henry College. He's also the co-founder of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. He's its board chairman, constitutional attorney, and an author. His latest book is From Tyndale to Madison, and uh, we talked about that a few weeks ago with him. And Mike, thank you for joining me. Hi, Penna. Good to be back with you. Well, it's great to have you. And the power of the homeschoolers, I've seen it before on issues, but I had no idea that this was a, such a big help to Mike Huckabee back there in August. Tell me about it. Well, um, Governor Huckabee um, was a real friend of homeschoolers uh, during his tenure as the governor of Arkansas. He appointed, uh, as his very first appointment to the State Board of Education, a homeschooling mom which was a, a, a very uh, daring thing to do in those days, uh, to give that kind of recognition to homeschoolers. It was a way of saying, you know, you have a legitimate place uh, as part of the educational choices that uh, Arkansas is going to recognize in a, in a very significant way. And I've been personal friends with, with Mike Huckabee uh, since he became lieutenant governor of Arkansas. And we've, we've known each other reasonably well and gotten, spent a lot more time together in the last year or so. And I just think he is the most principled person uh, that's running. That he was pro-life before he ran for president. He was pro-family and uh, opposed to homosexual marriage before he ran for president. And so um, I, I just simply don't trust uh, people who change those views at the last minute. And there were a whole lot of homeschoolers that decided the same thing. And, and we got together, and uh, I helped a little in the Iowa straw poll, and 
uh, the rest is kind of history now. Well, Mike Huckabee certainly doesn't come late to these social issues, and I'm noticing uh, that uh, the homeschooling families could have a great impact again in Iowa, and that is because this is not a primary, this is a caucus, and it's cold in Iowa, and people have to actually leave their homes and go to the caucus and spend some hours there. And homeschoolers tend to be motivated people that way, don't they? They do. Um, we have had to fight for the freedom of our families to homeschool. And once you know that freedom has been fought for on a personal level, you become much more vote motivated and you understand why the political process is important to you because um, they understand not only is it about specifically homeschooling in a state legislative battle, but we've got the U.N. Convention on the Rights of the Child that's coming down the pike. Uh, we've, there are a lot of other issues that are of concern to homeschoolers. Um, most homeschoolers are believers. Most homeschoolers are pro-life. Not everybody, mind you, but the vast majority are. And, and so they're looking for a candidate that shares their values on a wide range of issues. And uh, a lot of us have found one in Mike Huckabee and, and are, they're getting out and working. And they're working hard for him. And I think they will turn out. Uh, in Iowa, and I think they'll be a part of uh, what I anticipate to be a, a very good showing that night. Mike Ferris is with me, and Mike, you know, he's getting scrutiny now that he has surged, and uh, one of the raps on him is that he's soft on immigration, although he's come out with a pretty tough plan lately. Do homeschoolers, is that a, a, an important issue for them, and how are they dealing with it? Well, I, it's an important issue for all Americans. I don't think that homeschoolers have any uh, specialized interest on immigration that's different from really anybody else in the community. Um, but um, they, you know, homeschoolers are interested in protecting the sovereignty of the United States uh, because of the threat of international law. Now, that's a very specialized concern. And the, um, uh, the issue of international law may be just slightly more important to them. Or in fact, I, I would say uh, it's considerably more important to most homeschoolers uh, than than immigration itself, although they are related and and compatible kinds of issues. And I know that Governor Huckabee wants to protect the borders of the United States. That if we've got a porous border, uh, all the other policy issues simply uh, don't make any sense in the long run. You, the first thing we have to do, and he stands four square on the first thing we have to do is to secure the border of the United States. And I'm pretty sure that I, I read recently that he got the, the endorsement of one of the citizen groups that's been so active in trying to help the... Uh, uh, the, the yeah, Jim Gilchrist of the Minutemen right, um, right. endorsed him. And so, I mean, that's a pretty strong endorsement on the immigration issue that because their number one issue is secure the border. And so if they believe that he's uh, the best guy to secure the border... That's a strong endorsement. That, that's their specialty. Okay, I think another tough issue, Mike, uh, that I want to talk about with you is, you know, with this assassination of Benazir Bhutto, uh, the different candidates are weighing in, and it sort of shows who has experience in national security and who doesn't, you know, by virtue of where they've served. For instance, John McCain has, of course, been in the Senate, and uh, so he maybe gets some sort of uh, benefit from what he gets to say and how he gets to react to what happened yesterday. Mike Huckabee's been reacting. Some people have been saying his reactions are naive. Um, so, you know, in a sense, he doesn't have that experience. But is it uh, a balanced by the fact that he has some understanding of some of the threats to, for instance, homeschoolers? You're talking about international law. We don't hear any candidates talking about some of these things. Yet, 
these UN treaties are huge threats to the rights of Americans. And does he understand them? I mean, does he know the ins and outs of these things? Well, he knows at least 50 pages worth because I gave him a, a paper I wrote for a symposium at Purdue, Purdue University on the threat of international law to parents' rights. And he read it, and we talked about it. And he's on the right side on the issue. He, he understands that much. And I, I know he's getting good advice from at least one person. That's yeah. me. Well, we're glad you're advising him. And, and so, um, uh, but, I, you know, just to go back, uh, Ronald Reagan had the same amount of foreign policy experience as Mike Huckabee before he was the president of the United States. Um, George Bush had the same amount of foreign policy experience before he was elected president of the United States. Uh, we have not elected a United States senator uh, as president since the, uh, the election of John Kennedy. And, and so um, the, the difference is, is that these men talk about foreign policy on the legislative side. What, what they lack is executive experience, and, and it's, a, it's a balancing act. And, and the American public has time and again uh, chosen the candidate with executive experience, and um, no, no candidate's going to be an expert on everything. Nobody. Not Mike Huckabee, not anyone. And so uh, what we need is a person who has the right basic convictions. And, and the basic convictions you need on foreign policy is to understand that the necessity of protect, defending the sovereignty of the United States, which uh, ultimately means self, the protection of the right of self-government. And the fact that he's uh, interested in uh, papers on the U.N. Um, treaties and how they're encroaching upon American sovereignty, uh, how he's uh, speaking out on these other issues... He's a, he's a very smart man, a uh, very quick learner, and I have no doubt that he'll surround himself with the very best foreign policy experts, and he'll make good decisions because his convictions are correct. Okay, one other area where people are looking at him, and, you know, as you and I both know, there's sort of uh, three parts of the conservative movement. There's the economic side, the social side, and the national security side. So we haven't talked about the economic side right. today. What about Mike Huckabee? Because, you know, some people saying he's a taxer. Others saying, well, you've got to look <clears throat> at the situation. Uh, so what do you think? Well, uh, I did research on, on this question uh, myself. Uh, there, there, there are only two governors that are in the race, and it's, it's Huckabee and, and Romney. Uh, and they were, uh, Huckabee was governor for ten and a half years. Romney was governor for four years. Uh, the Census Department puts out um, uh, data on state taxes and state spending. Uh, but the, the most recent year that they have published is 2004. So based on that census, U.S. Census Department data, I went to see who is the taxer and who is the spender for the two years where we have data where both men are governors, which is 2003 and 2004. So for those two fiscal years, Huckabee's Arkansas went up 38% in all forms of taxes and fees and other things that Arkansas state government collected money. On the other hand, Massachusetts went up 55% in that same two-year period, uh, jumping from the 11th most taxed state to the 7th most taxed state. Even more importantly, the spending, um, Huckabee's spending for those two years in Arkansas went up 8%, whereas Romney's spending for that same two-year period went up 17%. And so uh, Romney likes to go around talking about how Huckabee's uh, number went up, mm -hmm. um, but it's over a 10-and-a-half-year period. And if you compare apples to apples, same year to same year, uh, the rate of growth in Massachusetts was more than twice as fast in spending um, in Massachusetts than it was in Arkansas for the same two-year spending period. So 
you know, when, when you get down to the actual numbers by an unbiased source, the Census Department, you can find out that if you want a fiscal conservative, you go for the social conservative, because Mike Huckabee is a social conservative, and when, when you get the hard numbers and you look at the whole picture, he's, a, he's better on tax and spend than Romney. And the other guys just don't have a record because they're senators or congressmen or mayors. Mike Ferris, thank you so much for being with us today, and Happy New Year. Same to you, Penna. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, next up, uh, we'll take your calls. Uh, who's your candidate uh, after these many days and so much has happened uh, since Christmas time? Give us a call, 800-881-9270. What do you think? We'll take your calls. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Welcome back to Jerry Johnson Live. We are taking your calls at 800-881-9270. It is amazing to hear the power of the homeschoolers. And uh, we just spoke with Mike Ferris. And, you know, there's a homeschool network in just about every state. And uh, they have their own uh, email chains. They get in touch with each other. I don't know if they're all supporting the same candidate. I'm sure they're not. But uh, many of them are supporting Mike Huckabee in Iowa. So it's going to be interesting to see their influence and their power uh, in that state. It was good to talk to Mike Ferris because, of course, uh, Huckabee has been getting a lot of scrutiny lately. And I think rightly so. Anybody who asked to be the president of the United States needs to explain their actions when they led a state. And they need to uh, answer some of the questions about the things that they have done and the things that they have said. And uh, so it was good to hear the research that Mike Ferris had done. But we want to know uh, what you think. Who are you leaning towards and why? And let's go to Bobby in Watauga. Hi, Bobby. Thanks for calling. Thank you for your program. I'm concerned with uh, Huckabee being that he has got an, is known for destroying the conservative base in Arkansas. I'm for Duncan Hunter, and I'm not certain where he spends on um, homeschooling and stuff like that, but he's all the areas I've seen. He's oh, I'm sure he supports it. Yes. Okay, let me just ask you, though. Duncan Hunter is getting, what, about 1% in the polls. Mike Huckabee looks like he could win in Iowa. And uh, he is tied for first place nationally with Rudy Giuliani in many polls. So, you know, in a sense, do you feel like that it's sort of a dream to support um, Hunter? Or is this just you want to be true to your convictions? I've always tried to stay true to my convictions. And I can't understand why uh, Giuliani is supposedly doing so well on the conservative Republicans when he's 
as far liberal, liberal as far as I can't either. conservative Republicans are concerned. I think people may be going away from him, and they may continue to do so. I think that's part of this Huckabee surge. Okay, thank you so much, Bobby. We appreciate it. Let's go to Charles in Dallas. Hi, Charles. Yes, I uh, have pretty much made up my mind that I'm voting for Mike Huckabee based on what I just heard. And also, I'm becoming more and more angered by the the, uh, uh, cocktail crowd of uh, Republicans that are just really beating up on him. I feel like we've been used as uh, uh, evangelicals, and uh, I think it's time to, to stand up and, and say uh, that, you know, that we're going to support social issues and uh, they can just deal with it. Put the social issues front and center for once. Yes. I do think you're correct. I think uh, that the conservatives, the evangelicals are used uh, to get people elected. Then sometimes there's not much emphasis put on the issues that are important. And uh, one point that illustrates that is the marriage amendment, because uh, that was a campaign issue in 2004 and probably put Bush into the White House for the second time because of what happened in the state of Ohio. And yet uh, he did not really use his bully pulpit to get a marriage amendment passed. He could have done a lot more to push that and get a federal marriage amendment defining marriages between one man and one woman, and he didn't. And uh, so I think a lot of people are burned by that, and uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's a legitimate criticism. Let's go now to Dallas and talk to Barbara. Hey, Barbara, uh, thanks for calling. Yes, um, I've been praying for a Christian leader to, um, you know, to take over the presidency, and my great concern is the Middle East. I don't think anyone has the experience to, to find an answer to this jigsaw uh, or all the murder that goes on in, in Iraq and, and Pakistan and this killing of Benazir-Bazuto. I, I just really, I think we need a man who's a Christian, and I think Mike Huckabee, Huckabee is fitting that bill. I've been backing him, and I'm more and more encouraged. And I appreciate you, uh, you all uh, presenting the issues uh, from all the sides. You know, it's really tough to look at this because you hear the news and you hear the criticisms and you hear the things that are said by candidates, and that sometimes they do say dumb things uh, because they're out there talking all day and being asked questions by, you know, sometimes hostile reporters. So I think it was really good to hear at least uh, the the lens through which you should look. And that's one thing that I think Mike Ferris did for us, no matter what candidate you support. Look at, you know, the worldview of this person. Are they going to govern through a Christian worldview, a conservative worldview, you know, a socialist worldview, a big government worldview, a small government worldview, a compassionate worldview, lots of different, you know, things that are important to these candidates. And that will help you decide sometimes more than what they've done. Because, you know, when you're governor of Arkansas, Uh, You don't deal with some of the issues that you will be faced with uh, when you become president of the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, we have time for another call, which we'll take in just a moment. The number is 800-881-9270 if you want to weigh in on this very quickly before the end of the program. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I do want to mention a couple of program notes. Uh, Monday is New Year's Eve, and we're going to play some of our best interviews. Uh, One would be the Ann Coulter interview that Dr. Johnson did on her latest book, and uh, also talking about whether Jews need to be perfected. Remember that whole flap. Uh, She said that on national television, and uh, Dr. Johnson, and she had quite a discussion on that. It was interesting. And then uh, John Bolton, former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, on his new book, 
Uh, again, that's Dr. Johnson's interview with him. Uh, and then New Year's Day, we will replay a debate we did on tongues at the Southern Baptist Convention. It was a one-hour debate. Uh, it was really fun. It was uh, at our booth uh, at the SBC, and it was uh, between Dwight McKissick, uh, Cornerstone Church uh, here in the Metroplex, and Russell Moore, who is dean of the School of Theology at Southern Sem- uh, Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Well, there's a couple of other items in the news uh, that I want to mention. Uh, at um, In Chicago, Illinois, the moment of silence is being challenged uh, in the courts, and uh, it's because a certain high school freshman uh, was upset that she had to sit through a moment of silence when some people were praying, and um, so now she's taken that to court, and there are moments of silence that are actually legal and have been passed by legislatures in many states, including Texas. And so, in fact, in more than 20 states, teachers are allowed to decide whether they want such a classroom timeout. And uh, some people just think that that violates the separation of church and state. And I think that's just another example of how the atheists are trying to make their voices heard and are trying to trample on the rights of the Christians. Also, Chuck Colson uh, had a wonderful piece about atheism. He was talking about Richard Dawkins' book, The God Delusion, uh, which argues that religious belief uh, religious belief is delusional, of course, and he says that Christianity is basically child abuse, that parents who teach their children about Christ damage them psychologically and emotionally. And so that's just some of the uh, basic garbage that's out there that the atheists are trying to push at this time of year. And, uh, of course, it always comes out around the holidays. But I think the wonderful thing to know is that if you do know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, uh, then uh, you know that you have eternal life with him, and you also know that you have a strength and power to live this life. If you don't know that, you can. Ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful weekend. Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.